save the trees, kill the people. And then I had the revelation that it's the people who don't see the trees and why don't they see the trees? Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host Eileen. Today on the podcast, we have a guest who is a life coach with over 20 years of experience. So she's the real deal. I learned so much from this interview. So this episode will leave you with tons of exercises and takeaways that you can apply to understand yourself better and create lasting change in your life. With us today is Lauren Handel Zander. Lauren is a life coach, university lecturer, public speaker, and the co-founder and chairwoman of Handel Group, an international coaching company based in New York City. She's the creator of Inner You, Learn to Human Better, the online coaching course that teaches the entirety of the handle method used by dozens of celebrities, CEOs, and entrepreneurs since 2004. And she's the author of Maybe It's You. Lauren has spent over 20 years coaching thousands of private and corporate clients from all around the world. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle Podcast. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Good. I want to know your story. I mean, what drew you to life coaching? How did you get started? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, it was not something I thought of till I was in my late 20s. I'm about to turn 50 next year. So mm. I was an environmental studies major. And when I graduated and got a great job, I was so proud of it at the United Nations Global Environment Facility. I thought I had arrived at the rest of my life. And then I had this tragic truth mm -hmm. land on me, which is I hated all the work I had to do, right? It was like the biggest disaster of my life, right? Mm -hmm. And I worked for it very hard. Mm -hmm. And so then I realized I was very unhappy and I didn't like the work. And then I had this revelation which I have now coined into this phrase, which is I used to be save the trees, kill the people. And then I had the revelation that it's the people who don't see the mm. trees and why don't they see the trees, right? It's not the, the trees, right? I like, cause the more I tried to save the trees, the more I hated people, uh -huh. right? For, for not taking better care of my environment. So then right. I realized that I had worked my whole life on the wrong thing. And then I went into self-help really yeah. around when I was 22. Yeah. And this is a few years ago. So it must have been <laughs> so different back then. And it must have not been as mainstream or common. So how was that like? I make this joke that is not that funny to me, but it is a funny joke, which is there, there was no such thing as a life coach when I started. Just so like, I, exactly. I'm like, I really <laughs> am OG. What did you call yourself? I called was myself a life coach. Oh, okay. I called myself a life coach. I was original gang life coach, wow. right? Where everyone was like, Matt, what's that? <laughs> right? Like, what do you mean? Yep. Right? And so I started when there was no such thing. And my joke is, is not only did I have to develop the whole world to understand what it was, I then, once it became something, had to compete in the, in the very pool yeah. that I, right. I had to like become 
right? So it was a double header, right? Not only did I have to deal with no one knew what it was, then once everyone knew what it was, I needed to want to be on top once it became a real thing. Um, it only seems to have gotten like legitimized and a hundred percent easier now, mm -hmm. um, like in the last three years. Yeah, I agree too. Mm. That is oh, yeah. that is just crazy. So since it's bigger now as an industry, I mean, what have you seen change over the past twenty years or so? I just think people have accepted that there's such a thing and that it's, you know, like it's, it's, it's in the field, right? Like there's mm -hmm. a field, like once upon a time, there was no such thing as chiropractors and they were ridiculous. And now every, anyone could be a chiropractor or see a chiropractor, right? Yeah. So it's, it's really the development that something exists. And the only way it can ever happen like that is if it's good. Right. And mm -hmm. then lots of people like get better and it works. So yeah. I've had to, that took about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And at what point did you start the coaching company? So I started being my own little, you know, hang my shingle out when I was 28. Okay. And then I started my company like where it was more than me mm -hmm. in 2006. Okay. And that's when so I got a, a, yeah, yeah. a much bigger dream. You know, I got like bored. Like, what was I going to do, you know, have done 682 people and that was a successful <laughs> life, right? Which was yeah. like, it could have been, but mm -hmm. I was not impressed with, mm. you know, if I could do that, what could I really do? And that's when I came up yeah. with my vision for the company. And for doing it for so long to coaching so many clients, did you ever at one point get exhausted or sick of it? Or, you know, mm -hmm. how did that change? Never. Oh, that's I'm, I'm still in love with it. Like I'm still, yeah. I'm still obsessed. I, the only thing that's really changed is the level of people I get to coach. Like, Ooh. right. I really am with epic CEOs and people who now know about me and need me and they're mm -hmm. famous and they're impressive. And so then I yeah. get to work on much bigger visions, mm -hmm. which is, you know, my kind of fun. And then I have every, you know, yeah. and then I have all the price points so that I have lots of coaches who work for the company. And so I get to service, you know, as many people who want coaching. Right. And I mean, life coach is such a huge umbrella. There's different, every person has a different need. So how do you know that you, do you have a specialty in life coaching or what type of, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you determine that? We have a method. Right. And the method is, you know, we have a method for business and we have a method for individuals. Mm -hmm. And we have a method for finding love and how to keep love alive in a committed relationship. And right. Mm -hmm. So we have, and it's very serious tools of teaching and training people in how to do it differently. And so I developed, I actually developed the method teaching at MIT. And then further developed the method teaching at Stanford Business School. And so um, I got to really practice on very high-end smarty pants <laughs> and, and really develop a process of what are the assignments. Because my, my interest is not to tell people what to do. It's really to get people to figure out what matters most to them and to know yeah. themselves better. So it's really a framework for people mm -hmm. to answer questions and really go deep in on themselves with principles that I then can teach or anyone who works for me can teach. So the handle yes. method is a 
proven method over the 20 years I've been doing it. Can you walk us through the different steps of the method? Like say- you, Absolutely. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Right. I, you created it. <laughs> dear Lord, dear Lord. Ha ha ha. So it, it breaks out into three different parts. The first part is I break life out into 12 different areas. There's actually 13. The 13th area is death. Mm. But we don't need to face that right now. Okay. So <laughs> the 12 areas, I ask people to have a vision or a dream in each of the 12 areas so people don't get lost that their whole life is about their career or so that mm-hmm. so one I make people dream and re, and then I yeah. make people rate their current life against that vision and start to explain what they think is between them and fulfilling on that vision and what happens is is I get to extract out when a person does that in all these different areas where they have to talk just about sex or they have to talk just about money I get them to start to deal with their conscious and subconscious about how they believe the world works and how they talk to themselves. Because really what I'm hunting down is your inner dialogue and the way you don't even know you think and you think it's normal, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of section one. And it really gets people to dream, right? And I, you know, most people don't know how to have a vision or dream. We know how to complain or say why they can't have what they want, right? We're we're more prolific in fear than in, you know, kind of vision and an ability to have whatever we want. Yeah. Second section is all about your traits, your personality traits. But how I get you to deal with your personality traits is I make you go after all the positive and negative traits of your parents or whoever raised you. Okay. And I get you to get, you know, so if my father was, you know, arrogant and stubborn, and then I describe that's true. And then I describe his style of that. I then answer the question, how does that live in me? Ah, and so you do all for your both positive, positive and negative in your parents for both positive and negative. Ah. Be, and then, um, and then I also ask you for your parents' marriage traits or however many they've had or however they are in the area of love and what that was like, positive and negative mm-hmm. for that. Cause you were raised in that. And it also explains how you interact with people or how you deal with authority. It, like it gets to a lot. being raised in a family. And so I asked for the the marriage traits, positive or negative, if they were married or however many marriages they have, and how that lives in you. Mm -hmm. And when when I ask how it lives in you, I ask you to go, it's similar, it's the opposite, or it's some variation, Mm -hmm. right? And so all of a sudden, you're getting to know yourself. And also, you're connecting the dots of what I call your your epis, epigenetics, mm-hmm. how you don't just have your dad's blue eyes, you have his wandering blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. And then the final section is um, what I call your haunting memories. Mm. So we, you know, for all the things that ever happened to us, good or bad, it's actually, and I want your positive hauntings and your negative hauntings. Right, Because the way we hold haunting memories and why those memories come back really plays a very significant role into how you've ever made decisions and how you've connected the dots throughout your life. You know, I will never do that again because the one time I did it, this happened and therefore, Mm -hmm. and so we come up with a lot of our beliefs and theories from these haunting memories. And then when you put this all together, right, your dreams, your traits and the hauntings, Basically, I can have you start to break into what I'm going to call your lower self, your default mode. 
Yeah. And then how do positive haunting memories, how is that relevant in this part? Because there are times in everyone's life where they rocked it, right? Like you rocked it. You Mm -hmm. were not getting into that university. You were not getting that job. You were not getting that guy. You were not getting that apartment. You were not pulling together the money so you can go on that trip. And, and you were like, over my dead body, I'm got like you were going to figure it out. And so mm-hmm. there's a positive haunting memory screams that you can. Mm-hmm. And it shows you an archetype to when you can rock something beyond your own conception of thinking you can. And so when it comes to understanding yourself and even understanding what I'll call your magic, like we all have magic in us, we don't, we don't, you know, water the magic. We don't know from our positive hauntings. And really, we just kind of circle them. You know, if you go, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. You don't actually remember all the good times. You really focus on the four memories Mm -hmm. that that explain why you don't call them except for once a month. So humans make decisions, we have theories, we then live in our inner dialogue, we don't hear our inner dialogue, and we keep proving it's his fault, or it'll never be different because, and then we rinse and repeat. So Mm -hmm. this is about breaking into that mainframe and really rebooting. Yeah, no, that sounds really amazing. And how long do you take someone through these three steps? What's the process? I, the joke is I call it your life story colonoscopy. Like it takes mm-hmm. eight hours to write out this homework, right? Like yeah. a, fl- a flight to California and stuck on the tarmac for a little bit, right? Like <laughs> you'll be done, right? So yeah. it, it doesn't take nearly that long because it's not asking you to say something you aren't like that. It's just demanding you know yourself, right? And you're mm-hmm. right there to be had. So yeah. um, people are shocked that they can do this. And then yeah. they're also mortified they never have, right? Exactly. It seems so yeah. basic. It, well, it seems basic, but it's not very, it's not common sense, you know, to do this. Right. That's, <laughs> yes, it's called, it's called uncommon knowledge. Yeah. And then the moment, uncommon knowledge. And then the minute you do it, it becomes common knowledge. Oh, yeah. And I believe that awareness is the first step and it's already huge to just like look at this stuff. So after they recognize their inner dialogue and the positive negative traits of everything in their childhood, what happens? How do you change them or help them change? I make a very cute little joke and I go, I teach the promise land where a human can keep and make promises to themselves, right? Mm. So I... I need promises for everything, right? Or else I will skip it and say, I'll do it tomorrow, right? And so what I figured out is promises and consequences. And consequences are not punishments. So for example, you know, I want to meditate twice a day. And, you know, when I have the idea of meditating, I really would like to blow it off and do it later, right? Mm -hmm. So this is how I handled meditating twice a day. I don't get coffee until I've meditated. (laughs) Ha ha ha. If you understood how much I love my coffee, you would understand how quickly I meditate in the morning, (laughs) right after I put the pot on. And then the other thing I actually love doing is I like, you know, what, you know, watching Netflix at night, right? Like vegging out with my cute husband, right? And so the other rule was, I do not get screen time until I've meditated. Mm -hmm. Guess who meditated twice a day like religion? (laughs) Yeah, because you tied it to something that important to you. Yes. Yeah, so I, so you can get that I use 
my dark side, like things that are, you know, not so cool of me, Mm -hmm. like as a reward, but really it's a takeaway because we get very used to our cookie at night. And so Mm -hmm. if you're not going to get your cookie or your glass of wine till you, you know, had that conversation you wanted to have with your boss, right, then you're going to have like you want your wine. And so it's kind of using the dark for light. Okay. Yeah, I see. Yes. And working with so many clients over the years, what would you say is the most common, like, obstacle or common issue that people have? In any area, they they really have branded themselves stuck in something. Like, I can't lose the weight. I've never been good at it, right? Like, there's a, it isn't a belief. It's a truth. Mm-hmm. It's an ism. I can't have a great relationship with my daughter because she's so different. Like, people yeah. have have things that they believe that they hate that they believe, but that they keep proving them anyway. And so that is what I get paid the big bucks for. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then teaching them to unbelieve it <laughs> is a process. I call it a three-legged race, right? Like our coaches or our promise tracker, you know, like we really, you know, if you're serious about that dream, you're going to have to take these actions. And and the only way to deal with that is your inner mm-hmm. dialogue and promises. And then it, you know, it really does take about three weeks to change a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you actually keep your promise. yeah. And so that is what we are way into. And then once a person starts losing weight and feeling sexy and keeping that promise or, you know, then all of a sudden it starts to be like an object in motion stays in motion yeah. and an object at rest stays at rest. And then Handel method is really the push that threshold mm. to get mm-hmm. something moving. Hi loves, let's take a break and talk about how to make 2020 your best year. As an artist of life, you have the power to envision and create the life you've always wanted. So as we enter a new decade, seize this opportunity to take action towards your dreams in 2020. To guide your year, I created the 2020 Artist of Life Workbook, a journal filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises to help you self-reflect, clarify your vision, set goals in all areas of your life, execute your goals, and track your progress monthly with sections on self-love overcoming fear habit tracking gratitude journaling and more the artist of life workbook keeps you accountable and guides your growth throughout the year it's a tool to keep you inspired motivated and organized helping you live your best life all the exercises within have personally helped me change my life for the better and i'm confident that they'll do the same for you to get started go to shop.lavendaire.com to get your copy of the 2020 artist of life workbook Again, that's shop.lavendaire.com. Another question would be, what are the common promises people make to themselves that they don't follow through on? And what happens when you keep not following through? I mean, in marriage, it's sex, right? Uh, like uh, like mm. people really love each other, but they stop screwing each other, <laughs> yep. right? And then they blame it on the kids or exhaustion or work or they gained weight and they don't feel sexy. And that doesn't make them lose weight. And that's not really, you know, turn the lights out, guys. It's okay, right? It's not that tricky, right? So people get lethargic and disappointed and blaming. And then they just watch Netflix all night, right? So it, it becomes habitual the way people loathe or, or self-loathe or suffer and then have the reason there's something wrong with them. And that's just basically not true. Yeah. So how do you get someone to unbelieve those things? Well, you, you make them write a dream. 
So there's something pulling you that's way more important than your little petty shit. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I make people make the right promises, like have sex twice a week or you don't get your liquor on the weekend. Right? I'm not <laughs> I even kidding. Right. Like yeah. you're like, how much booze do you take away, Lauren? I'm like, booze is the greatest tool for me, you know, because <laughs> people care about their wine at night. Yeah. Right. And so, for example, someone who I coached was dying to be a writer and sell their television show that they've never and they were in their 40s. Right. They've never they've never sold anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we made, but it was really her dream. And so we made a promise like so you make a smart promise, like work on your writing four hours a day you know, link yourself into five new people a day that are in, you know, like send out email, like, like connect and be public and participate and write or else you don't get your wine at night, which she loved. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you go, did she sell her TV yeah. show? I will yeah. tell you, she sold it to Hulu. <gasps> Amazing. Right. And it yeah. took, it took six years, mm -hmm. but she was at zero. Wow. Right. Like yeah. never wrote. And then she sold her 13 episodes to Hulu and it was her dream come true. And you're like, how many nights of wine did she miss mm -hmm. in the six years? And it was four. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Because she was. So that's how this works. Right. Like the dream has to be juicy enough that you really care. Mm -hmm. Then you'll take the right actions, which the coach you know, and then if you go into any of my programs, we have like options. If you want, if this is your dream, take these promises. Like, it's not like everyone basically knows, you know, you want to lose weight. You want to have a more intimate relationship with your kid, right? All of these things. It's not that people don't really understand the action. They're just not taking it. And then we feel terrible. Just to recap, yeah. is it, you have to find something that you love enough that you are, you are not willing to give up and tie yes. that with what you want to do. Yes. Got it. You must, a human must be in love with some dream or else you won't get over your fears. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Like we will conquer fear to get married and have a family. Like dating sucks. Nobody wants to date 30 people to find the one <laughs> they're looking for. No, everyone feels desperate. Everybody doesn't want to go on the apps. But you want to have a baby. You want to have a family. You want to like find someone in the modern era. You're either going out three nights a week or you're using the apps. Right. Mm -hmm. And so pick. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes like, I don't like how I look. I don't want to go out. Okay. So what do you want to do? I want to lose 10 pounds. So, you know, so the, your, your unborn child is banking on you losing 10 pounds. <laughs> so you'll go out. Right. So we really yeah. just get a person to, and people know they need integrity and that's what they come to us for to help kick their butt mm -hmm. so that they keep the promises that will get them their dreams. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. So can I ask for you personally, what yeah. positive habits or rituals do you incorporate into your lifestyle? Oh my God. I, so first of <laughs> all, I am best friends with Dr. Mark Hyman. And many, many years ago, he came into my house and made me swear I wouldn't eat. Like he threw out two full garbage bags of everything we were never allowed to eat again. Okay. Okay. And so I 100% eat on his eating plan, wow. which basically is protein, vegetables, and fresh fruit. Nice. And, you know, like if it doesn't walk or grow on a tree or come out of the earth, I don't get to touch it. Mm -hmm. So no right? processed so junk food type of nothing, stuff. Not like nothing. Nice. Right. One ingredient. I, the most I'm allowed to have if it's in a bag is three ingredients. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. So I am religious about that and I love how I feel. Like I love it. Yeah. 
Um, I also do bulletproof coffee. I love fat coffee in the morning. That makes, I love that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So my eating is epic. And I also am a basic, like I go to spin, like, and my sister who lives eight minutes away, we both go to spin together. And then my husband and I have a trainer and we go, and we go to the trainer together three times a week. So I have exercise and eating right as an, as a love and a routine that I never get out of. Yeah. That's awesome. And that really make, and then I write a daily design, like what I'm promising for the day, not what I'm going to do, Mm. but who I'm going to be. Mm. And I send it to my accountability buddy and I have to rate my day every day. And you're like, Lauren, come on. I'm like seven days a week, people. I am accountable. Nice. Yeah. So when you say rate your days, you just mean like from one to 10. Yes. How, okay. Like how hot and great did I do on the dream I created? So I am, I've had a daily design and answered to it. You know, I'm going on like 15 years now. That's amazing. Yeah. Very, very accountable. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I walk, I walk, and then I have sex twice a week or I'm in trouble. Like, I, good or for I, you. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so I had, and I have to play with my kids. I know that sounds terrible, but I could really <laughs> blow them up. I, I, yes. I really, I need I a promise. It. I do. I'm not the, I'm not the monopoly type, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, let's go get our nails done. Right. Yeah. Well, do you ever feel at some point that it's a little too rigid? You know, when you, I find that sometimes when I have too many things to tick off, it's, I just don't want to, it's overwhelming. Yeah, no, I, that's not me. I don't have okay. anything. I don't promise anything. I don't like, I want to keep my marriage hot. Right. I want to stay connected to my kids. I am vain as all get out. And so I, you know, if you saw me now, you would go, you look great. You don't look 50. <laughs> and I'm like, that's right. I'm like 35 forever. Right. And so I love that. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. very proud of that. Right. And I, and then I don't think I had like my eating, my sex, my kids and my daily, my DD, my daily design. Yeah. And then I'm always playing games, right? Like I have a group, a women's group that I'm always inventing new assignments Mm -hmm. for. What type of assignment? To keep me, you know, the one we're doing right now is make a list of any beliefs you have that you don't love. Like, you know, you like, cause like any beliefs you have, you don't love and then find the haunting memory that goes Mm -hmm. with that belief and then invent a new belief and play a game to succeed. And then we're all, and then any broken promises, like we, like we're a bunch of promise keepers, right? So if I don't keep a promise, we put money in the pot. Does that make sense? Like we put money, like, and so, and then there's teams, there's buddies and there's eight of us. And these are overachievers. Like this one woman is building a TV show, you know, she's a comedian. Like, so we're, we're like power women, you know, hardcore, (laughs) Right, like hardcore, clapping for each other, winning money, competing, <laughs> playing the amazing. game. Yeah. So, and then we, you know, we meet on Zoom every six mm-hmm. weeks, you know, the pot and we're vicious. We all vote, like, did anybody, and the team has to win. So if the team doesn't win, the money rolls over. And I think we're like up to nice. 1600 yeah. bucks, right? We're, we're yeah. like fun, vicious we're fun and vicious, right? It's we're having the best time and it's it's people up to crazy mm, big things. That is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm talking, I've been doing this. It used I've been doing this since before I was pregnant. Wow. 
And I have a 17-year-old. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Just living life. All right. Yeah. So now we have a couple Facebook questions from sure. our Facebook group. So Sabrina asks, okay. how can we stop emotions like anger or resentment from holding us back? Okay. So anger and resentment require... So here's how I do this, okay? First of all, anything you're upset about, the first thing I have a person do is purge, puke. I literally mean write it out for like, go for it, baby. Like puke that shit out, mm -hmm. right? I hate him. I can't believe it. Yeah. La, 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 la. He's never la, la, la. like, go, 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 go till you're repeating yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then like you got all the poison out, all the anger out, all the reasons, right? Like you, because anger is something you can't be sad about. Like when you're angry, there's something you're sad about, which then if you could be sad about it, you could see what you would really want. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but because we're angry, we're in a blame state and then we're, we're just on fire. And then usually we act badly and then we get lost in the apology or cleaning that up. And then we never get to the root of what happened to us. So I have a person purge on the area and then step away from it for like this whole process is laid out in interview and, and it's also laid out in the book. Right. And so then you would step away from it for like a day or two and you would reread it. And what happens when you you reread it is you start to discover, well, that's bullshit. I don't care about that. That point doesn't matter. And you literally mm -hmm. find out there's like the five chunks that or two chunks that are really hurting your feelings. I see. Wow. And then nine out of 10 times, there's there's another part that I teach, which is how to have a difficult conversation. And had a script one, and I have all the scripts and all the ways to have really hard conversations that we're so scared how to say something difficult. Mm -hmm. And then really there's something you're not saying that you really have a dream or a vision that you wish was possible, and you're devastated that you're not getting what you want. And so then it becomes your, you know, we get you back connected to your heart. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the distance and detaching really helps. So like purge and then wait a couple of days, then come back to it. Right. And then find out the real kickers in the yes. in the purge. Right. And then we really do a process of find out if it's a chicken voice, a brat voice, a weather report, one of your traits. Like once you understand yourself better, it's not like you get angry about new things every day. You get angry about the same four things mm -hmm. your entire damn life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next question from Shirley, she says, what advice do you have for an aspiring life coach? The most important thing to do is really shake, like get with someone and start practicing. If you have to give it away for free, like we'll do four sessions and you'll write me a testimonial. We'll do, you know, if you want another four sessions, I'll then charge you whatever can come out of your mouth, right? If it's $75, $100, whatever can come out of your mouth, right? And then your job is to start rocking that person mm -hmm. until you feel really confident that you did great. You did great right? Yeah. That's it. Because the main reason people don't get new clients is because they're not sharing fools. And when I built my practice the first time ever, I had a promise that I did not get to have, like I like my work day was finding three new people to share about what I do that mm -hmm. are potential clients. They can afford me. They like they're open, right? I'm not yeah. trying to sell anybody anything they don't want. And that was before there was even life coaching. 
right? Yeah. And so I'm not saying go on subways or like, you know, scour Starbucks, but like go to that conference, go to that charity event, you know, really go to places you can meet people that you can share about what you do. And you have to have three conversations a day for, till you're so busy, you don't know what to do with yourself. Amazing. Mm. All right. So now I'm going to move on to some rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests at the show. All right. What does your dream life look like? Oh, that at my, my dream life is pretty much the one I'm in. Uh, It's really true. Like an an addition with this house, more vacations, more fun with my family, more fun with people in my company. Like I would love to take them all Mm -hmm. to big retreats in Hawaii. Like I just want more and more and more so that I can do more and more and more. Yes. 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 All right. So the next one is what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? Oh, my favorite book on earth, even though it's going to be bizarre for people is still life with woodpecker (laughs) by Tom Robbins. And it, the whole book is all about how to make love stay. Ah. And so it rocked my world about love. And I still teach from it. I actually went and met him in wow. or, like I went to visit him so I could meet him and thank him before he, you know, he's 87. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he is my hero. And I met my living hero. I literally like in the last two months I went to go. Meet oh, my gosh. Him. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what is one habit that has changed your life? Eating like Mark Hyman said, I think my I haven't gotten sick in like eight years since I start, like it really is the answer to great energy and a great ass. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just so good to dedicate yourself fully. It's about, you're good at making promises to yourself, keeping those promises. I make promises to other people. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not the best at making it to myself. I I make it to myself by having someone else hold me accountable. The day I stop keeping promises to others is the day I start smoking cigarettes, (laughs) drinking coffee, starving, and watching Netflix all day. (laughs) All right. So the next one is, what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Follow what you love and then you'll figure out how to make money. Awesome. And the last one is, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? The mystery. All right. Thank you so much, Lauren. Where can we find you online? I am Handel Group, H-A-N-D-E-L group.com. And then everything's there. Right. So, awesome. or you could look up Lauren Xander, or you could look up Inner You, or you could look up even Mark Hyman. Right. Like, if you can't, like, I'm pretty, like, you know, there. You're there. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> You're everywhere. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you. I learned so much. And yeah, just thank you. You have a very lovely voice, just so you know. I could like, hey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. It really was a pleasure and it flew by. It did. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. All right. Hope you like that interview with Lauren Handel Zander. She's like a shining light. Her personality is so fun and she's so alive, right? So now I just want to wrap up with some key takeaways from our conversation. The first takeaway is that she has really great exercises from the Handel method. And I recommend you guys go back and listen to those exercises and actually do them for yourself because I think you can learn so much about yourself. And one of the ones that stuck out to me was to list the traits of your parents or the people people who raised you both positive and negative traits and then ask yourself how does that live in me 
Do you do the same? Are you similar? Are you the opposite? Are you something in between? Basically, understand where you came from, your environment that you grew up in, and how that has influenced you, how that has become a part of you in some way. Another major takeaway is personal integrity, learning to keep promises to yourself. And if you don't believe you can keep your promises to yourself, then get an accountability buddy, a friend, or someone in your life so that you can keep each other accountable and keep your promises that you make to each other because that is the only way you're going to stick to your goals and get things done is if you follow through with your promises and it really is easier said than done but Lauren is all about tying your goals the things that you want to do with things that you love to do naturally they could be like guilty pleasures like watching Netflix eating dessert basically use those things as a reward for doing the important but hard thing that you want to do for yourself and the key to this is to make sure that your dream is juicy enough make sure that your dream is something that you really 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 want and really care about that you care about it so much that you're willing to keep that promise to yourself you're willing to delay gratification meaning you're gonna give yourself the reward after you do it the last takeaway is on dealing with anger resentment or any negative emotions because we all deal with that at some point or another so when you are feeling angry or resentful or envious or something like that what you should do is purge journal it out write everything that you feel don't hold back so that you release it i think it's so important to release the emotion rather than suppressing it and trying to ignore it like acting as if it's not there so purge write it all out and then wait a couple days then come back and reread everything that you wrote and at this point you have more distance and detachment from the emotion so you're able to filter out what's not important what's not real what did you not really mean and then get to the truth the core of what you really were sad about what you were really upset about and the thing that you really wanted and she said that if you do this enough then you'll start to see that it's really just like four main things that you want over and over and over again it's four main insecurities or whatever it may be just something that is at the core of why you get upset about things so i think that's a really powerful exercise and i encourage you guys to try it out and i'll leave it at that for today love you so much and i will talk to you next time All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.